0: iconic geeks obsessed
1: with every little detail it'll never get on the air well i think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes stale and repetitive
0: i've just been informed that we are going off the air
1: off air with emily and patra <laughs> bye steve it's the scariest day of the year technical difficulties day one. <laughs> First 20 seconds <laughs> fyi, FYI. I'm, I'm bad at this okay hi guys hi I'm Emily. I'm Patra. And we're starting a new podcast. We are. It's called Off Air with Emily and Patra because we're really original. Yep. And so basically, Patra and I work together at a radio station. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to name which one because there may be some things that are said that we don't want to (gasps) associate with. Gosh, you're so smart. Exactly.
0: Emily is the brains behind this operation.
1: And if you're listening and you know what radio station we work for, keep it a secret. Yeah, it's a secret. It can be our little (laughs) secret. (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) So, I guess off air with Emily and Patras, basically, our description is we're just going to talk about true crime because mm-hmm. we love it. Um, we're going to talk about cats because we love cats. Right. We're just going to kind of talk about whatever. Whatever we want. Um, but true crime is kind of our, like, hone it in, <sighs> keep us on track. <sighs> kind of what we are supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Right. So, we're just going to see how it goes. Okay. We'll figure it out. Okay. So Okay. This For this week, it's Halloween today. We're mm-hmm. recording on Halloween. Can't guarantee that it's going to be up by Halloween. Ooh. I mean, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but recording on Halloween, so we decided we were going to go a little themed for our mm-hmm. true crime. So we picked up—and mine are kind of long, so I don't know if we want to do all three, but— Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I was like, yeah.
0: ooh. My first, my first one, I was like, I can really—I really like this, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. when we were planning— we decided we're gonna do like a pop, our favorite popular murder that everybody knows about. Mm-hmm. We are gonna do a favorite personal, not personal, like nobody in our family. Hopefully, right. I oh hope. my word! But like personal that not everybody will right. know about, and also uh, a, local a local one local. because local. we are we are located in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we're looking, you know, kind of local. Do you remember people
0: of a certain age will remember the Kentucky Anna? People used to say that all the time, "Kentuckiana." Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kentuckiana—that's yeah. our
1: area. And then up north as well. Yeah, I'm from southern Michigan, basically mm-hmm. northern Indiana. So my local murder is actually from my hometown. <gasps> Ooh, so the hometown murder. So yeah. So do you? What do we want to do? What do we want to do? Uh, I don't know. You have? You said you have one that's like your favorite. I do Let's have one that's off with kind
0: that one. of my favorite. It's a not so popular one. Okay. Um, it's kind of popular though. I mean, because he's a famous. "Quote unquote famous person," or he was. Okay. Okay. So All we're right. just jumping into it. Sure. You Okay. Go first? All right. We can do it. Well, let's hear what yours is first, because
1: maybe I want to hear about yours first. Okay. Well, <laughs> mine's mine's my hometown murder one. Okay. So it's it's my it's my murder that not probably not a lot of people. I know a lot of people in my hometown are like, mm-hmm. oh yeah,
0: oh this. But one. I don't
1: think that it. Most people won't know about it. You might. Okay. If you're real into true crime.
0: You Oof. Might. Okay. You want me to go first? Yeah, I want you to go first because I want to know.
1: Okay, so this is the Tarwacky murders.
0: Ooh, I already like the name. No. Tarwacky. Okay. Wait,
1: maybe from listening to
0: other podcasts. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'm from Niles, Michigan, mm-hmm. just across the border from South Bend, and I knew these people. You
0: didn't? I did. Oh my gosh. So
1: John Tarwacky was 42, and his wife of three years, Carolyn, mm-hmm. was 39. Uh, and they were scheduled to have a meeting at Quinlan and Fabish, which is a music place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an education company, basically, is what it is. But it's we all, everybody in band. I was in band, and that's how I knew them. Because oh my gosh, Carolyn, Carolyn was real heavy in band and helping out local community bands and stuff. Uh huh. So that's how I knew them. Mm-hmm. And so everybody in the band community knows who Quinlan and Fabish, Quinlan and Fabish is. Um, so basically, they didn't show up to this meeting, which mm-hmm. was like uncharacteristic. So John's father was called. When can I? I'm sorry. Up. Can
0: I ask a question? Yeah. Were you were at the meeting? No. Okay. No. 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 No.
1: no. Okay. No, we were all in school. I think. Okay. But, good. Okay. But this meeting. Just curious. Yeah. They were just having a meeting. They both worked there. So. But people who were expecting them were like, "Hey, where's yeah? This? yeah. Like, mm, that's not right. Okay. For us to not be notified and them both to not show up, what is happening? Mm-hmm. So they called John's father, who lived. In the area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when John's father tried calling their house, they uh, they didn't answer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what is that? Like, what's going on? So he drove to their house. And this is what happened. Okay. <laughs> so Tell me. February 5th, 2010 was supposed to be very uneventful. Just, it was a Friday meeting in the morning and then just chill, Mm -hmm. relax the rest of the day. Carolyn had called her mother shortly after 6 a.m. and talked to her on the phone, which she usually did weekly, and then she logged onto her computer, which uh, police were able to see. Mm -hmm. So sometime during the morning, police believed to be between 6.30 and 7.30 in the morning, someone entered their home, and despite the couple's 200-pound mastiff, which, by the (gasps) way, he was the most Amazing dog! Oh my he gosh, you knew the dog! Giganto. Oh yeah. my gosh! So, despite this 200-pound dog, this person enters their home and killed both of them with two weapons: one he had brought with him, and one he had taken from the house. Wow! John had a total of ten stab wounds and two gunshots. Carolyn had four stab wounds, two gunshot wounds, and was beaten severely around the face.
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah.
1: So one investigator called the scene oddly sterile. There was very little evidence of struggle, as if the killer had taken them by surprise. Mm-hmm. Their dog, Wrigley, which cutest name ever, right. was unharmed. Found in a separate part of the house, which actually caused some of the victims' family members to speculate that Wrigley and the couple were actually familiar with who killed them. Which oh is my like, gosh. like chills right now. Yeah, so spooky. So no one could figure out who would target them. The Tarwackies and why or why, right? Like they were the sweetest, low-risk victims. Their backgrounds had no fractured relationships, criminal behavior. Like they were just, they were the epitome of like sweetest couple mm-hmm. ever in the community. Um, people called them soulmates, which they really were. Like, if you saw them together, mm. you're like, ah. They had only been married three years. They got married Aww. three years prior to that. She was in a couple community band. She played the euphonium. And he was a former submarine enge- engineer, easy for me to say, in the Navy who enjoyed karaoke. So, like, I mean, come What? On. Come like, on. perfect. Okay. <clears throat> so, for the last several years prior to their murder, they played Mr. and Mrs. Claus at the train depot. Oh, my my word. word. They're Mr. and Mrs. Claus? Yeah, like how, like... Who did this? I know, right? So, tracks in the snow, because, you know, Michigan, February. Right. (laughs) They showed the killer's route from a nearby street, through the wooded area, over the fence, into the Tarwaki's back door, and then back out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so with the tracks, the tracks basically told the investigators that it was not, Likely a random crime. Mm-hmm. The, tr- the killer ignored other houses along the route. His footsteps were deliberate. And the indentations in the snow aimed at the tarwacky door as if it was a target. So, and I know I know the area. It's, it is. There's other houses mm-hmm. and he could have very easily just popped on into somebody else. So do you think, okay,
0: what do you, all right, I don't want to, I have questions, but finish. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I'm getting all worked up.
1: <laughs> so the best clue that police had uh-huh. was a witness who saw claims she saw a young man walking on the street that morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, location and timing led the investigators believe the man that she saw was the Tarwaki's killer crazy. Yeah. Like how would you, I'm sorry. like if I'm driving down the road Ugh. and I see this guy and I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I saw that guy. And mm-hmm. then knowing like, Oh my gosh, he could have murdered somebody. Like, yeah. Do you insane. ever see
0: people sometimes and like make a mental note? Like, all right. If somebody's, mm-hmm. if something happens, I, I know that. I saw that blue car. My or... neighbor
1: across the street from my house yeah. never comes out. She's kind of a hermit, which I mean, go, uh, more power to you. girl. Right. Good but for she you. never <laughs> comes out. And then I've never seen anybody visit and like, I've never seen anything. Mm-hmm. I've seen her car and that's it. And the other day, random car was in the, her driveway and this this man got out mm-hmm. and I was like oh maybe he's her boyfriend and then I was like maybe he's her murderer yeah and so I made a mental note of his license plate oh and gosh, car coloring yes. type and I was like I was like if I don't hear if I don't see her in the next like week mm-hmm. or if something's, if something's weird I'm it's gonna weird smell we're gonna get this guy and I'm gonna be we're gonna get this guy <laughs> I was like this guy's going down uh, so sorry guy if you were, we are gonna she get showed, this guy she came out and got her mail the next day so I was like oh boring okay. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, great. Good for her. Yeah, good for her for not getting murdered. (laughs) Oh, gosh. World's worst. Basically, this case never... That was the only clue they had this girl who claims that she Mm -hmm. saw this guy and these footsteps in the snow. That's it. Like, the scene was clean. Footprints in the snow. Yeah, that's it. So, despite the... A complete upset of the community. Right. There were only a couple, there were a- occasional updates from our local media and that kind of stuff. Right. But the case went cold. So, oh. two and a half years after the double homicide, police arrest. Keith Lentz in connection to the murders. After a two-week trial and just a two-hour and 15-minute deliberation, the jury found him guilty of two counts of first-degree premeditated murder and one count of possessing a firearm during the commission of a felony.
0: Okay, do you know—was he from around town? Was
1: he a— He lived right down the street. Why? Why did he do it? Why did he do it? What did he say? I, just oh just wait. Oh my gosh. So Judge Michael Dodge sentenced Lentz to life in prison without parole, which is the mandatory mandatory punishment in Michigan for first-degree murder, which I didn't know that. I didn't know like that was that was it. Mandatory you know? you're going to get yeah, life. Like if you murder somebody first in the first degree, you're you're going to get life without parole. Okay. I didn't know that. So during the sentencing, he didn't uh I don't know what I don't. That's a wrong yeah. note. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Lince didn't take the trial, but I don't understand what that means. Um, something. And mm-hmm. then, but he basically, he said one thing, telling the family members of John and Carolyn Tarwacky to the family. I'm so sorry for your loss, but I didn't do it. <gasps> oh, How spooky. Oh, my gosh. So since there's no solid evidence linking him to the scene, because, you know, I mean, snow right. footprints and this random girl driving down the road. Right. He was convicted entirely on circumstantial evidence.
0: Oh my goodness! The prosecutor goodness.
1: called seven acquaintances of Lynch to the stand, including cellmates that testified he was making statements like, "They'll have or they have my footprints, but not my DNA. I put them out of their misery and I took their lives. They didn't deserve it. I can't take it back." So if you have seven people, I mean, in the courtroom telling you that he said these things, circumstantial evidence I think is enough. So was he a single man? Yeah. Keith, yeah, and he lived down. He lived like right down the street. Yeah, I don't know him. And right, we, right. Niles is a community where pretty much everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've never, never heard of never him. Never heard of him. And in his trial photos, mm-hmm. spookiest thing, he's smiling in some of them. Oh my so goodness! It's just like— Oh, oh my word! He's just, he looks like he stepped out of like the 1980s, like a, like stepped mm-hmm. out of a Napoleon Dynamite film. Ooh. Uncle yeah. Rico. Yeah, like, he was he was just, like, just eerie looking.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So, uh, no shoes or boots were actually discovered in his possession that actually matched the prints, but the shoe size of the prints in the snow matched his size 12 shoes found in his possession. So, they didn't find an exact match, mm-hmm. but he was wearing the same size shoes as what was in the snow. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I there's part of me that's like, yeah, he did it. Because mm-hmm. why would you be bragging and saying those things to sell? Right. And cellmates especially, like, you know those people are—they're testifying so mm-hmm. they can help themselves, basically. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I don't have full 100% confidence that he did it mm-hmm. or that he didn't do it, you know? Yeah, kinda how kinda would you know? It's so crazy that—that that was
0: my question. I was going to be like, oh, my gosh. So before— so it was two years, right? Mm-hmm. Between the time that they were murdered and. Yeah. So for those two years, like since you knew them and everyone kind of expected it was someone from around town, right? Mm-hmm. Were you just kind of like, I mean, maybe not for the full two years, but especially right after, were you just kind of thinking like, well, who could it be? Is yeah. it,
1: you know? So there was a period of time, we, a bunch of us band members, went to the funeral. Mm-hmm. I remember that day because. They wouldn't let me leave school. And I. they were like, you don't have a note. And I was like, I, everybody right. is going. The entire band is going. So I had to call my grandma. Oh. And she's like, oh, yeah, she can go. Oh, <laughs> like my thanks, little grandma. grandma's Like, yeah, you can go to this funeral. So we all show up to the funeral. It was a beautiful service. And for a time, they actually suspected one of my classmates, <gasps> who was their nephew. Oh, my mark. goodness. So that was kind of crazy. We were oh. like, but did you? Did he really do it? Like, yeah. Oh
0: my word. And he rode
1: my bus. I know where he lit. Yeah. So it's like th- that time when they were when mm-hmm. they were considering him as a suspect. It was so spooky. Like that is spooky. So dude. Feelings. Oh my word. Um, but it's one of those cases. It's like you think it gets solved. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Dwindles out of the media, and you're like, oh, it must have gotten solved, and forget about it. And then two years later, it pops up, and you're like, oh, I, I mean, I can't believe it. Like two years later and then
0: it would just happen. They all had all of that quote unquote evidence Mm -hmm. the whole time, it seems. Yeah. So. I don't
1: know if they were searching for more solid evidence Mm -hmm. or if—I have no idea what took two and a half years to— Man! So the prosecutor on the case said that there were at least two incidents in which Lentz beat other women, once in South Bend and once in Tennessee— his convictions date to 2004 and include assault, attempted assault of a police officer, <gasps> drunk driving, and use of marijuana that resulted in jail time but no prison time. So he had a record. He had a record, but it was kind of like a
0: way different yeah. vibe of a record. How's yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Four years later, after all of this—so this is two years after Lentz was convicted, okay. four years after the murders. The double homicide was actually featured on a one-hour program on Investigation Discovery. Ooh, On the Case with Paula Zahn Mm -hmm. aired a segment titled Footprints and Whispers Detailing the Murders. So if it sounds familiar and you've seen On the Case with Paula Zahn, Mm -hmm. you might know, you might recognize it from that. But that is my hometown murder. Oh my gosh. That
0: was really good. And that was,
1: I mean, that was eight years ago.
0: So I was 10th grade. 10th grade. Yep. Yep. So like fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. and it's. I was like, while you were retelling everything, I was kind of amazed at how well you remembered it. And I was like, man, what age was she? She was in high school. Yeah. When I when yeah. I
1: recalled all this information and stuff, and I was looking up and getting all my sources mm-hmm. and all that stuff, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah. I re- and I like I told you, I flash back to the. Funeral. Right. It,
0: it was crazy. That is crazy. So, how do you feel about it now? Just, it's, uh, how does the town feel about it? Do they all kind of feel like justice was served, or mm, I don't know?
1: To be honest, I don't really know because I had moved right, out, right? And kind of disconnected from that community, mm-hmm. not, not the Niles community, just from, I had graduated by the time that they had, we'd all graduated high school by the mm-hmm. time that they had found. Your life shifted. Yeah. And focused on college. And then two years after that I moved right. down here. And so I don't know a hundred percent if the community was like, Oh, thank goodness. I know that there was probably a good a big sigh of relief that especially once it was brought back up in the media and they were like, Oh my gosh, wait a minute. Right. That didn't get solved. This guy was on the loose for two years. Just we living know, down just the street. Living down the street. Oh. Yeah. So I'm sure there was a big sigh of relief that was. Yeah. Oh my I word. Think. Goodness, that was a good one.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I liked yeah. it. Good names, Tarwacky. I know. I mean, and they
1: were the sweetest, most personable people.
0: I find it cute that the community called them soulmates when mm-hmm. they got together kind of later ish in yeah, life. Yeah, um,
1: she would have been 36 and he would have been 39.
0: Yeah, that's sweet. when they got married. I like that. Yeah, <sighs> all right. Well, it's rough. That but, is
1: a rough one. Yeah. Okay. At least it got solved. It did get solved. All right, ish, ish. We think circumstantial evidence. (laughs) (laughs) What's
0: yours? Okay, mine is. So there was a movie made about this. Um, It wasn't a super popular movie. It was called Autofocus.
1: Never heard of it. Yeah, right. I know it was from two (laughs) thousand two.
0: And it's kind of a risque movie. I'm not really going to touch on too much of the risque parts of the— because that was a little bit of, did this happen? Did it not kind of focus? We will talk about it. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about the murder of Robert Edward Crane— he was an American actor best known for his role as Colonel Hogan in the sitcom Hogan's Heroes. Oh, okay. I was like, why do I know that name? I know. Bob Crane. Okay, so on June uh, what was it? 29th, 1978, after failing to show up for a lunch date with co-star Victoria Ann Barry, he was actually doing like a little bit of dinner theater in Scottsdale, Arizona, because Hogan's Heroes had already wrapped up by then. Um, she discovered his body in his apartment, Bludgeoned to death with an electrical cord tied around his <gasps> neck. I know, <sighs> I know. And just because it's Halloween, I just have to say the name of the suspect, which was his very dear friend. It was. It's not the John Carpenter, but his friend's name was John Carpenter. What? I know, and oh that was the gosh. absolute only suspect in this case, and he was wow. Found not guilty. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay, so we're going to discuss it. Okay. He played Robert Hogan, and it's kind of like people are still a little bit obsessed with it because Hogan's Heroes is still on TV. You can mm-hmm. totally catch it. Not Nick at Night, but whatever. Freeform, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. Some weird. I've never seen Hogan's Heroes. Neither. either. It's a little bit before my time, just a tiny, tiny bit. But also, I'm not really into—it's like a World War II setting show, mm-hmm. and I'm not super into— that, that like tough. Mash, the intro to Mash makes me sad. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And cheers too, but that's off topic. <laughs> 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 like a little bit. Oh goodness. Um, so he was bludgeoned, um, in the head. So The drama surrounding it was that um, he was, like, a super great American hero on screen. Mm -hmm. Off screen, he was a little bit more um, of the bad boy type. Okay. And he was, um, like, he had his dear friend John Carpenter was um, possibly his boyfriend. It was never confirmed or denied, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But what I liked about this is it's kind of like us. Because yeah. we have, like, a really—like, we, we sweeten ourselves up a little bit for mm-hmm. our on-air. And this is, like, our—this is our off-air. So you kind of just get, like— You just get us. You just get us. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're on-air, we're definitely, like, oh, hey, all-American-ish, you know, being yeah. nice and sweet and cute. And then he's himself, obviously, off-air. Mm-hmm. So he was doing some dinner theater in Scottsdale, Arizona and um, hanging out with his friends— And he was murdered. The issue that I have with everything, I guess, is that in the movie, basically, they only focused on his um, extracurricular activities, like, because he was maybe a bit promiscuous. Okay. Adventurous. That's the reason he's murdered. No, (gasps) I feel like that's not the case whatsoever. No. He had a strange friendship with John Henry. That's—that was— like how the movie portrayed it. A strange A friendship. A strange friendship. With electronics expert, John Henry. Okay, the electrical cord around the neck. Thank you. So they're like, this guy did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Unbiased completely. Exactly. Okay, so um, during the run of Hogan's Heroes, Richard Dawson, mm-hmm. do you know... Richard Dawson it's from Family Feud? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. way back. Okay. Introduced Crane to Carpenter, and he was a sales manager for Sony Electronics. Um, and he often helped famous people with their video equipment. They struck up a good friendship and they started going to bars together. Okay. Crane attracted women due to his celebrity status and introduced them to Carpenter, saying that Carpenter was his manager. And then later they would, um, hang out, and maybe use their video equipment. Okay. That's all I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say. Okay. Um, Crane's son, Bob Crane Jr., says that— I
1: know. What a name. I
0: know. (laughs) Bob Crane says that all of the women were aware of being videotaped. Fine with it. Consensual. Consensual. I mean, he was a famous person, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hogan's heroes. Anyway, Colonel Hogan, what are you doing? Um— Later, when Carpenter became national sales manager um, at Akai, he arranged his business trips to coincide with Crane's dinner theater touring schedule. Wow. So that they could continue their activities. Okay. So they're basically just kind of like, he was a bad person and that's Mm -hmm. why he was murdered. And it's probably the other bad person that did it. Yeah. I feel like that's just, (sighs) I mean, I get it. Maybe one of the women were upset. Yeah. But why um, are we blaming it on John Carpenter? Why would John Carpenter do it if he was his partner in yeah, all of if this? He was,
1: if he was in all of it, why Why would he?
0: Right. I feel like why? if they were doing something a little bit, um, <sighs> like if they were doing it in a villainous way, mm-hmm. the videotaping or whatever, um, wouldn't it be like one of the women or someone related to the women that would want to harm them? So the movie goes on to say that because uh, Bob Crane was definitely the heterosexual person in their friendship Mm -hmm. and that John Carpenter was, um, it says, possibly bisexual. I don't, again, this was 2002 when this movie came out. So people weren't talking. Yeah. Like
1: we talked today that was not a uh, topic of discussion
0: exactly possibly bisexual man um that he was sexually attracted to crane which um presented the prosecution's case as the motive okay so that was that was their motive because he was attracted to crane and crane wasn't attracted to him
1: i can kind of see that yeah. because if he if he was bisexual and he was attracted to crane but crane was strictly heterosexual mm-hmm. and he was doing all of this stuff with women all the time right I can see it. Right. Like, he's just finally upset and can't
0: take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I just feel like, I don't know. Anyway, okay. So, John Carpenter went to trial. He was found not guilty. Um, I think that was in 19—I mean, it was a long time after, like, 92, because he Mm -hmm. was murdered in 78. Oh, wow. So, it was a long time later. And then in 1994, the case was reopened, and Carpenter was tried and— Again, like, completely acquitted. As a result of the accusation, though, he was fired from his job as national service manager at Kenwood, USA. Oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, in 1994, can you imagine? You're just trying to live your life. Dude, those Kenwoods. You're going to work. In in the 90s. I know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so he was fired. Um, but he always maintained his innocence, and he said that he felt a huge relief after his name had been cleared, even though he was fired. One jury member later said in an interview that the jury believed there was just insufficient proof to determine Carpenter's guilt, and you cannot prove someone guilty on speculation. Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> Good for them, though, I for not know. being like, man, eh, makes like,
0: sense. We don't like this guy, so I don't know why they all sound like that. <laughs>
1: They have this that time, was terrible.
0: The same voice voice that described. was bad. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, John Carpenter, it gives me some little facts about him. He was also colorblind.
1: Oh. Does that make you
0: murderous? Like no. you can't tell the difference between the grass and the sky's colors, so you just go insane like, with rage. <laughs> so I agree. <sighs> um, what I did, what I took away from this is that um, if I were to be murdered, I would want you to find my body. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. I could do I could do it. I'd be really, really sad, though. I'd be, like, real freaked out. Would you? I think, yeah.
0: Would you take a picture before you touch anything, though, for the police? I wouldn't touch anything. You wouldn't? I mean,
1: I would come and, like, check your pulse and see if you were really dead. And then take a picture. Video. I'd be like, <gasps> oh, my gosh, I just found her. I'm going to... Yeah, and maybe then, be, be, then- grab my clothing, <laughs> grab
0: my shirt, Shake you. sob into my chest. <laughs> Why? Real dramatic. Why? Uh, okay, so, the murder of Bob Crane.
1: Wow, Bob Crane.
0: I know. And there was even a movie about it, and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, I think it was just not a good movie. So they never, they've never convicted anybody for no. it, right? No. That's right. It's wow. unsolved. Unsolved mystery. Maybe we'll be the first to solve it.
0: I think if I you might. murdered Bob Crane... I'm heading to Scottsdale right now. <laughs> I know who did it. Jan's sister from <laughs> was she in Scottsdale all the time? I think so. From the is yeah. op- yeah, from yeah, the yeah. office. So yeah. sorry, Jan. Jan. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else knows who I'm talking about You're too. Right. She did go. She
1: Maybe did it was Jackson. Jan. Maybe. She was
0: always visiting Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <That's> <sighs> okay. Rough. That is rough. So because unsolved. there's so many. And people still, like, kind of think about it because, you know, you can watch Hogan's Heroes all the time and, and just, like, like, see him chilling. Oh, yeah. He got murdered. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He—and I mean, all the, like, salacious details about his off-screen life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is totally important. And, I mean, the electrical cord, I feel, was a little too on point. Yeah. To, I mean, they're, like, drawing a giant neon arrow to John Carpenter with that, I feel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and also if say it was one of these like people that was familiar with them, mm-hmm. if they knew John was in all in all this electronic stuff, they're like, I'm not gonna get caught because I'm right? gonna wrap this electrical cord around his neck and these <laughs> people are gonna just automatically assume him. Assume it's him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Bob Crane. Bob Crane and the Tar Wackies
0: and the Tar Wackies. May you all rest in peace. Oh my
1: word. So okay. In preparation for our very first episode mm-hmm. of Off Air with Emily and Petra, we have a website. <gasps> it may not be up. until— We do. Yeah, we do. I've <laughs> literally not told you any of this oh, because gosh. I wanted. I wanted to get your reaction. I was like. <gasps> so we have a website. Okay. Um. In the process of getting it to actually function because GoDaddy accidentally deleted my <laughs> freaking domain for it. Oh my And I'm waiting for the email to say it's back up. I contacted okay. Haley at GoDaddy support. Shout out to Haley. Haley, GoDaddy. what's up? <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, we could get it back. So, waiting for that. So, it may or may not be up by the time this is posted. But it's off air with com.
0: I Just love like that. it sounds. I love it.
1: <laughs> um, we also have a Facebook page. Okay, uh, off air with Emily and Patra, or off air with EP. Oh my god! How you want to search for it? And we have an Instagram. Oh, off air with EP on Instagram. Off air with EP everywhere.
0: I mean, E is pretty great to the P over here. E I gotta to the say. P.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's our first episode. Okay, we did it. Uh, we're going to post, what, weekly? Weekly, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think weekly's good.
0: And I definitely think we have to go back to, uh, or we have to scrap our original three murders ideas Yeah, that's go to one murder. One, because
1: one thing at a time.
0: We like to chat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just get distracted.
0: Hey, by the way, it's Halloween. It is Halloween. Happy so, Halloween. happy Halloween. What spooky
1: business have you got going on today? Um, I'm going to go pass out candy to the little minions that come to my door. Yeah, And I'm so excited about it. I haven't decided if I'm gonna like just leave a bucket out. <laughs> I, like take, Cause we got a lot of candy. Just we like, take some. Yeah. There's not a lot of kids, but I don't know. I'll probably pass them out.
0: Yeah. I do like to answer the door, but we don't live in a super busy neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, um, That means you get more candy.
1: I know, exactly. if
0: I only get like four trick-or-treaters, you're getting like a handful, baby.
1: We got some extra bags of candy this Mm -hmm. year, and we don't get a whole lot of trick-or-treaters. Like last year, we got like maybe 10 or so. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Christopher goes, he's like, they're going to love us, and they're going to come back (sighs) next year and be utterly disappointed. Oh! (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Uh, So, yeah. Last night when I was picking out Halloween candy to pass out, I was like, you know what? It really just depends. It was taking me forever, and there were other people standing there, and I was like, I'm so sorry. It takes me a minute because I need to decide what I want to eat the leftovers of. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, that's all that matters. Trick or treat.